0: We're wrapping up our series that we've been in on Galatians, we're going to wrap that up tonight, and as I mentioned to you last Sunday night and this morning, we're going to start a a new series. I I was looking back and and sort of doing a rough count, as best I can, can figure anyway, this is tonight anyways, the 56th message that I have preached here, which is sort of, you know, it's not a whole lot, but I just think, my goodness, I've stood up here 56 times now, and so... Uh, you know, been here not very long, but obviously preaching twice a week, you, they kind of add up over time. And so, anyway, since, since I, I was just looking back over, we have, uh, as we conclude tonight, this will mark the third full book of the Bible that we've been through. We went through Proverbs, if you remember, back in the fall, that thirty days of wisdom. We didn't go verse by verse, but we picked out the the major themes and went through that book. And then we went through the Book of Joshua, beginning this year, and then now Galatians, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, and so we, we've we looked also uh, right around the time of leading up to Christmas, look real deeply at the events surrounding the birth of Jesus, the series Beyond the Manger. We we have uh, seen how uh, God, I guess the change really that God wants to bring in our hearts and in our church and, and in our homes and our bank accounts and all that stuff. We looked at that series and uh, and and so we, we kind of that's kind of where we've been and, and you know it's always nice to I, I look back every once in a while and say okay now we're, we're, what have we covered so far and then where where does the Lord want us to go from here and so tonight as as we wrap up this this series I want us to look back just briefly this has been just a four week series so there's not a whole lot to look at but briefly at, at some of the overarching truths and principles that we've that we've tried to pull out of the book of Galatians and, and they're real simple. I, each week what i what i hope to do and 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 i hopefully i'm i'm learning each week and getting a little bit better and and and, and you're gracious enough to let me have my 56 message here but um but each week i try to, to summarize the sermon in a sentence uh, if if you walked away and 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 could have just one sentence of what the sermon was all about i want to try to make sure that you've got that as you walk away and so each one of these messages in the book of galatians has sort of had one of those and they've all started uh, in general anyway with life without chains is possible we've looked at how the book of galatians really is a book of freedom and and it can i'll be honest with you galatians has been a tough book for me to preach because it's a tough book to really get your mind around if you if you if you took the time to to read through it while we've been going through this particular series i don't know if you had the opportunity to do that or not but you, you look at Galatians and it's, it's almost confusing at times. That's the way I read. I just think, my goodness, I got to read that again. What did he just say? Uh, Paul's a really intelligent, very sharp guy. You can tell by the way he writes. He was very well educated and, and was not, was, was not afraid to show that in his writing. He wasn't, he wasn't writing to third graders. Okay. So he, he was writing to very intelligent people. And so uh, Galatians has been a tough book for me both to digest and then to try to, in some way regurgitate and give back to you that's a real nice way to put preaching in and so anyway uh what does your preacher do every week well he regurgitates stuff to us how about that and so anyway but it's been it's been a tough book but i'll be honest with you i and and again I, you may remember i made mention of the fact that that i really just i think the lord kind of led us to galatians it wasn't something that i i said boy they need to hear galatians i'm gonna preach that because boy they got to hear that i've i've noticed some things it really wasn't that. It was just, I, I wanted to preach through one of the letters Paul wrote, and kind of the first one the Lord put on my mind was Galatians. All right, let's try that. And I thought, okay, we're getting into it. a little bit thick, a little bit tough. But I'll be honest with you, it's been real beneficial for me in particular, and whether I've made any sense of it for you or not, hopefully that's the case, but it's been real beneficial for me to look and, and see really what the life of freedom that Paul wanted for for his fellow Christians that God wants for 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 his children what that life is all about and so uh, my goal has been not to preach verse by verse and go through it just right in order but really to 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 figure out what what was what were the overarching themes that Paul was trying to get across you know the issues the Galatians were dealing with what was Paul saying to those things and so we, we looked at, at this, this is the, the, uh, really the, the seventh uh, message in, in this particular series. The first, the first message, the, the sermon and the sentence was the only way to experience true freedom is to attach yourself to Jesus Christ. It's almost a, a paradox. You would think that the only way to experience true freedom is just to throw off everything and do your own thing and whatever, whatever you want but the, the truth is true freedom only comes in, in attaching yourself to jesus christ some of you experience that and and you can tell stories you know what i did my own thing for a while and I, there ain't no freedom in that i realized that 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 being attached to jesus is only freedom that's the only the only freedom that, that comes with it and so then we looked at life without chains is possible when you invite jesus to live in and through you that was the uh the second one Uh, about the the super fan if you remember that and I almost got fired for putting up the pictures of Christian Leitner and all of that and so anyway uh you know there have been several people who who told me they were never coming back so anyway uh that's a joke they they may think that but they haven't told me anyway life without change the the third message is possible when you take hold of the benefits and fulfill the the responsibilities of being God's child we looked at that a couple Sunday nights ago, about never growing out of being God's child. Just approaching Him and, and, and enjoying those benefits and, and and taking the responsibilities. Life without chains is possible when you discipline yourself to walk in step with God's Spirit. That's what we looked at last Sunday morning. Uh, when, when Paul said that if you live by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It, it breaks that power. Life without chains is possible... When you consistently sow what you really want to reap. I told you everything I knew in about 20 seconds last week about farming last Sunday night. And, and ultimately it's this. You've got to put good seed in good ground to have a good chance at a good crop. You, if, you, if you want something good in your life, you've got to sow in your life what you really want to reap. And then this morning, life without chains is possible when you have an accurate view of yourself and you know your responsibility to others. And because those things are played out, it's not just a theory, it's not just something we talk about, they're played out. And so we're going to wrap up this series tonight with the final few verses in the book of Galatians. And so uh, that's kind of, we saw just there, that's where we've been, and Paul's going to sort of send us out tonight with one final word. So if you got your Bible and want to follow along, we'll be in Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to look at the very end of that. So right around verse 11... Uh, And finishing up tonight with verse 15. Let's let's look at it together in in verse 11. Uh, Your version may be a little bit different, but we'll all get the same point. Paul says here in in chapter 6, verse 11, Look at what large letters I have written to you in my own handwriting. I love this verse. I mean, this is is one of those, those great verses in the Bible. Paul apparently was trying to make the point to them, look, I wrote this, okay, this is from me, you don't have to question, is this real, or was, you know, was somebody else writing for me, did somebody else claim that they wrote this on my behalf, or whatever, now, Paul, of course, if you if you know anything about the Bible, Paul probably did use, from time to time, somebody who he dictated to, and they wrote things down for him, But but he gets to the end, and he says, hold on, he said, I'm going to interrupt. Maybe he was using a scribe or somebody before. He says, no, now this is me. Look at these large letters I have written to you. Apparently Paul had some some really big handwriting or the people that he was writing to didn't see very well. And so he wanted them to make sure, you know what? Uh, you're going to be able to see it. Or he was just being a smart aleck and said, here you go. We'll make sure you can read this, you know? And, and so he says in verse 12, those who want to make a good showing in the flesh... Are the ones who would compel you to be circumcised, but only to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Now, again, uh, this whole issue of circumcision or uncircumcision was a matter of, of these people who were teaching that you could become a Christian, yes, and trusting Jesus was great, but you still had to follow all the Jewish laws. You still had to be circumcised, still had to do all the festivals, still had to do every single, I mean, all the laws that the Pharisees had, had set down. Paul said, That's just crazy. Jesus giving you freedom from all that. He started a new covenant. That stuff is gone. You don't have to do that anymore. And so he says that those who want to make a good showing, that they're, they're, all they're worried about is their outward reputation, those are the people that are trying to get you to jump through all the hoops. And, and, and He said, it's so interesting. He says, but only to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. I've I, I got the NCAA bracket just a few minutes ago. Some of you may have watched the show before you came up here. And and of course there are one seeds, there are 16 seeds, two seeds, 15 seeds, and so on. There there are two number 16 seeds that that have to play each other for the opportunity to even play again. And and those those two teams are Alabama State and Morehead State. Uh, the OVC will be represented, uh, and it, it, they got to win just to get the right, and they'll they'll play Louisville if they win. And and so. So even if they win that game, there, there's not a good chance, and you never know, you know. but there's not a good chance they're going to win again. I, I, I guarantee you, though, that the coach for Alabama State, the coach for Moorhead State, and the coach for the other three 16 seeds and the 15 seeds who, who normally are are beaten soundly in the first round, those guys right now, I guarantee you, wherever they are right now, they are trying to convince their teams, we're not here to make a good showing. We're here to win. We're here to win. I don't care what what seed we are. It doesn't make any difference who we're playing. You may be playing the number one seed. We're not there just, just to keep it close. I mean, think about it. If you're the coach of that team, and, and all your fans and everybody thinks, well, goodness, we're a 16 seed. Normally they get beat by about 30 points. Maybe we just only get beat by 15. Boy, we'd have a good showing. Wouldn't that be great? What in the world would that be if your coach, if, you, if you're the coach of that team or if you're playing on that team, that coach came to you and said, guys, look, we don't have a chance, but let's just not get blown out real big? I'd quit the team. I'm tired. I'd be like, coach, now, are you serious? You've been telling us all year long, we're going, win, we're going to win, we're going to win, we're going to win, we've got a shot, we've got a shot, and all of a sudden now you come to, we're just going to make a good showing. Think about it. There's no there's no coach in his right mind, no team in their right mind that gets into the NCAA tournament regardless of their seating and just hopes that they don't get blown out. They just want to make a good showing. They, they're there to win. But you know, in life, a lot of times, we're here just to kind of make a good showing. I wonder how many of us, and myself included, and this has been a challenge for me from the book of Galatians. How many of us are really, really after victory and freedom? Uh, we may be a 16 seed in life. You know, you may think the odds are stacked against me. You don't understand. But, but how many of us really would say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play like I'm going to win. I, I'm going to approach life. From a standpoint of I want to win in this thing I'm not just here just to take up space Make a good showing Not make anybody mad Move up the ladder a little bit at work Make some money Get a little bit of land Do those things Retire Die Go to heaven Call it a day I'll be honest with you If that's the life that God has for me ahead, He might as well take me right now But take me right now Because that's not the life I want I guarantee you If you're looking at your life Regardless of how young or old you may be if, if you were honest with yourself, as I'm honest with me, you say, you know, I don't want to just make a good show and take up space for the time I'm here on earth. I want to do something. I want my life to matter. Does that mean you have to be rich and famous? That's not even the point. But it means that we've got to pursue God with an attitude to say, I'm going to gain some victory in life. I'm not going to let these things beat me up over and over again. I'm going to be victorious. I'm not just here to make a good showing and and not ruffle any feathers. I I'm not just worried about my image. I'm not just you know going to have people think I'm spiritual. I want to I want to walk with God. I want to gain some victory. And Paul is challenging his readers to say, look, those people who are just worried about making a showing and making everybody else think they got it together. They're there they're really not they're really missing the point is what he's saying, because all they're doing is they're avoiding Jesus just to make themselves look good. And 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 I I tell you what, I, I want to be a guy and I want to be around people who say, you know, I, I don't I'm not worried about making a good showing in life. I'm not gonna leave Jesus out of my life so I can make a good showing. I'm not gonna leave Jesus on the shelf at home when I go to work so that people aren't offended by the fact that I'm a Christian. Been around people like that that are a little bit offended by I have i have i worked in the school system for a while and i tell you there's a lot of people there that they just you know they're not they're not christians and they don't want you to be either they're okay if you're a good person but you know you start bringing jesus into the mix we've got some issues that's the way they look at it and so paul is challenging them he says you know if if your whole goal in life is just to make a good showing not rock the boat you're missing the point you're leaving jesus out he says you know those things only bring more chains in your life and they really keep you from pursuing jesus Maybe you've experienced that as well. You just think, my goodness, is this it? I just feel trapped by all these appearances i got to make, so to speak. I'm just trying to keep everybody happy. I, there's got to be something more. Maybe you're a 16 seed, and the coach is saying to you, and the Lord himself says to you, you know what? Don't just make a good showing in life. Get some victory. Gain some, gain some ground. Pursue Jesus, and that's the only way you can do it. Verse 13 says this. For even the circumcised don't keep the law themselves. However, they want you to be circumcised in order to boast about your flesh. This is again uh, sort of what Paul is. We're going to go verse by verse here tonight. I'm going to I'm going to stop at the end of each one. I notice it's funny because I get to see your faces all at once, and and so I notice everybody kind of settles in for just a second, and then all of a sudden I I stop and everybody looks back up again. Like come on, you know we're supposed to read the whole thing. We're going to go verse by verse. All right. And so, anyway, Paul. Paul here again is talking to them about this, just the traditions and the hoops that they've set up through through the years, and 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 keeping these laws and traditions and jumping through the hoops just to kind of make themselves feel good and look good, and 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 sort of get their gold star on their poster for perfect attendance and for doing all the right things and all of that. And 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 I, I wonder. I wrote down some questions here. What would what would Paul have to say about how you and I live our lives? Uh, what would he have to say about it? Uh, how how strong of a wording would it be if he wrote a letter to me? Uh, what would he say? How, how strongly would he say, you know what, you're just jumping through hoops, man. You're just doing things just because people like for you to do them. You're just doing things because, well, that's the way you've done it for a long time, and that's kind of gotten you by, why not keep doing it? I wonder what Paul, what would he say about your life? If Paul wrote you a letter, and we look at these and we just think those Galatians, they just don't know what's going on. You know what? I tell you what. If they got their stuff straight, uh, First Corinthians, you know, Paul's having to correct all those people. I mean, he, you know, I mean, those are real people, just like you and me. And what if he's writing to what if he's writing to you? What if he was writing to me? I mean, what if what if Paul and and Jesus showed up one day at, at Elm Grove? What if next Sunday they came strolling through the door? I mean here they are just to check things out. I mean, what would they what would they they look around. They walk over in a fellowship hall and check out what the kids are doing in the Sunday school classes. They come to our service and they realize something must be wrong with the first three or four pews. I guarantee you they're broken or something. And so anyway, that was a cheap shot. But I'm just you know they they want you know I guarantee you you know what they they wouldn't talk about they wouldn't talk about what the pews look like and the carpet and the pulpit and the lights and all that stuff you know they they'd want to know why we do what we do they really would you know and and they'd want to they they wouldn't I don't think they really care where we sit whatsoever they just why do we do what we do and I, this isn't a loaded question I didn't come loaded tonight I just I just start started thinking about that as I was I was reviewing my notes in this message i just thought you know what would the lord have to say about what we're doing you know are we simply and we may or may not be are we simply jumping through hoops or are we really pursuing the lord and i boy that's a tough question for me and i hope it's a tough question for us because i you know i i'm still trying to learn that here here at elm grove how much of what we do is jumping through hoops and just sort of tradition and that's what we do and how much of it really is our effort, our pursuit, not only for us to get to God but to open the doors wide so that lost people can get to God as well. And, and I, I just wonder, what what if, and and trust me when I say this, I'm not loaded. I don't have anything in particular in mind. I'm not going to start, well, that's out and that's out and we're cutting. That's not even the point, so relax. But what if our, our measure of why we did things was to say is this a hoop for us or somebody else to have to jump through or does this really really help us get to where God wants us to be I, what if that's the way we judge what we did our music our preaching uh, our fellowship time our Sunday school classes our outreach every single aspect of our church what if we just sort of that's our lens I don't know what would change. I don't, like I said, don't have anything in mind. Don't know what we'd add, what we'd stop doing, whatever. But I just wonder, how would our perspective change if we looked at our church through that lens? We'd probably worry a lot less about some things and probably then worry a lot more about others and vice versa. And I just, what if the Lord walked through our doors on a Sunday morning? You know, what, what really would be on His mind? Would He see us going through the motions or really pursuing Him? I I would I would hope and pray that he'd see us really pursuing him. I, I think though, just like in any church, we're human. And he'd probably have some things he'd correct. Probably have some things he'd say. Well, you know, I think you're just jumping through a hoop there. I think you just got a tradition. I think you're just not really moving toward the Lord. and Other things he'd say. You know what? Good job. You're right on track. I just wonder. It's interesting. And then verse 14, Paul says this But as for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. There is nothing good, Paul says, about me but Jesus. That's it. There's nothing good about me but Jesus. If, I, if, if there is anything good whatsoever that comes out of my life, it's because Jesus is in my life. That's it. You know, we used to joke with people that lived across the river from us there in New Albany and Clarksville and Jeffersonville and Indiana, and I used to tell them, you know, the only good thing to ever come out of Indiana is I-65 South. That's it. And, and they would joke back about Kentuckians and so on, and we'd go back and forth a little bit. But, you know, the truth is that the only good thing that's ever come out of me is jesus christ that's it Uh, the only good thing that's ever come out of you out of this church out of anybody the only really good thing is jesus christ he's it and paul makes it clear he says look i'm not going i'm not gonna brag about anything else but him it's the cross of jesus that's the only hope i've got that's it I, I, it's not my talent, it's not what I can do, it's not what I can't do, it's not how good, you know, I am, it's not this, it's not my appearance, it's not anything else but Jesus Christ, that's it, and, and he, Paul says, he lives in me, he lives through me, I, I, live by his system, I'm free from the influence of the world, some of you have retired over the last few years, and, and I, I, I'm always interested to talk with folks like that, and I've never asked anybody this question directly. Okay, I've just always wondered, and I don't have anybody in particular in mind when I when I ask this. But I'd lo- I'd love to get a response at some point. If you got some time, let's go have some coffee sometime. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. If you look back over your life, and, and you you say, you know what, I'm retired now. My work life is over, and I've kind of gotten some perspective. and And what was so important probably isn't as important anymore. I, I'd love to know this. I'd love to know if if you look back over your life and you see you see the pattern that you followed were you, were you caught up in the pursuit of what what the what the world pursues I, i'm just curious because I, I sometimes find myself there and i'm just wondering is is this normal uh you know how do you combat that what how does somebody not get caught up in all and what i mean by that is this did you get caught up just in, in in making a little bit more did you get caught up in in just sort of advancing just a little bit more and that's what consumed you and that's what drove you and oh, I't got to do that and I just I just wonder because those are the things that we tend to take pride in I mean, think about it if we can get a little bit more money a little different position a little more influence a little more power a little bigger home a nicer car those are the things that typically the world wants us to pursue and yet paul says here i'm not going to brag about anything else because but the cross of jesus christ because the world has been crucified to me and i've been crucified to the world i've died to that system Now, does that mean you shouldn't go to work and try your best don't read into anything i'm saying please But I just, I I wonder how many of us look back and say, man, I missed it. Golly, I got caught up in the wrong things. I should have worked hard. I should have done the best I could. Yeah, but I just, I just think I kind of got caught up in. I just, I don't know. Maybe if you got time, we can have coffee someday, like I said. I'd love to hear about it, good, bad, or otherwise. I'm not going to, I'm not going to preach about it and tell everybody your story and that kind of thing. That's not the point. I just, boy I just, I'm curious how many of us miss it and and how many of us really really get it i mean how many of us could say what paul said but as for me paul says i'm different i'm not pursuing those things my life is caught up in a different system it's caught up in the system of jesus christ he's the only good thing and then verse 15 he sort of closes his thought here and then wraps up with a couple of closing remarks, but we're going to end with verse fifteen. For both circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing. What matters instead is a new creation. Nothing matters to Paul but the new creation that's formed when Jesus enters the picture. It won't matter, you know, where you went to church it won't matter what position you held here it won't matter where you worked or how good you were at your job or how much money you made and all that kind of thing and i'm probably preaching to the choir a lot when i say all this stuff because many of us understand that probably by now or we're learning or we've learned the hard way or whatever but you know all that stuff really won't matter the 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 attendance that you had at certain events the gold stars you earned it won't matter if you made a good showing in life a good showing here at church if people thought you were really spiritual and those kind of things really won't matter if you didn't offend anybody you were just a good person all along the way what really matters is do you know jesus did he set you free and did you live in that freedom that's what matters and yet is it isn't it easy to get caught up in some other things that really don't matter well, I tell you, my life it is. You know, I, I you may say, Well, good grief, you know. Man, you're a preacher. Don't you just sit around and read the Bible all the time. Have you memorized that thing yet? No, I haven't. No, I don't just sit around and read the Bible all the time. You know, I'm human too. There's a lot of things that I think about and deal with. And and I I, I sometimes wonder, am I really focused on, on what Paul says? You know what? All that matters is a new creation. That's it that the lord has come into my life he set me free and i live in that freedom that's it that's all that matters it's not going to matter whether i followed all the rules just exactly right whether i did all the right little things whether i made a good showing here and there paul paul just sets it all up he says look don't worry about making a good showing don't worry about keeping all the traditions understand there's nothing good about you but jesus and all that matters is that he's made you a new creation that's it The, the final, the final sort of sermon in a sentence I want I want to give you, and then we'll close in just a second, is this: that life without chains is possible because you are a new creation. Not not because you've done anything, not because you can do anything, not because you're going to go and be all you know great and everything. It's just because you are a new creation. Life without chains, complete freedom is possible because you as a child of God as a follower of Jesus Christ are a new creation we started this series by talking about what we're free from and what we're free to we are free from the penalty of sin some of us have been carrying around that penalty of sin for a long time and even now when we fall into sin we do something we know that God wouldn't have us do we just we Oh, man there's guilt there's shame there's condemnation there's all that stuff all over us young old or in between we deal with it we're still human and, and the lord says you know what all that matters is a new creation you've been made new you're free from that free from the penalty of sin you don't owe it anymore jesus took it away he paid the penalty you're free from the power of sin because you were a new creation, sin doesn't have power over you anymore. You don't have to do the things that you've done before. You don't have to. There's a new pattern that's been set in your life. You've been made new, a new creation. And no matter what habit you've had for as long as you've had it, the Bible says you're brand, you're brand new. You've been made brand new. You're, you're free from jumping through hoops to get to God. There's nothing in the way anymore. There's nobody that can stand in your way. You don't have to go through anybody. You don't have to. You don't have to do any You just go to God. You don't have to jump through any hoops. I to me, I, I get excited about that because I take God very personally. And boy, I'm telling you, if I had to go through somebody else, I'd struggle. If I had to wait for somebody else to pray on my behalf, talk to God for me, and all that stuff, I would, God and I would struggle because I like talking to God myself has gotten to have some conversations and he you know he smacks me around a little bit and i'm okay you know that's just the way it is you know but but i'm telling you man he he has set us free just to go straight to him with anything that we deal with at any point in time we're also free to truly live some of us have never never truly lived nancy and i had a conversation the other day and and i i have to admit and some of you if you've If you've been around me much at all, you probably pick up on this. I am, I drive myself crazy because I try to take on way too much. I try to do way too many things all at one time. You know, right now I have three children. They're all young. I've been married for, uh, Nancy and I will celebrate 10 years in June. Uh, And so I'm still learning all of that. There's a lot to learn as if you've been through that you well know you just think you have no idea. That's right. I don't know. <laughs> Got a lot to learn. I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm working full time. I'm going to school full time and I'm helping out with the Murray High baseball team trying to reach out to schools. Lot, doing lots of different things. Trying to do it all. I just admit to you that's one of my biggest uh, glaring and 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 most debilitating weaknesses. And Nancy we, we just talked the other day and you know i just it, it sort of hit me you know i i i'm i'm free to truly live i, I don't have to just be burdened by all that stuff you know i, I don't I, for me to take on all those things sometimes it just weighs me down and Nancy just put it to me she said you know what do you want you have the opportunity to experience it through jesus christ what do you want in life and that has nothing to do with how much money i want to make and what kind of house and car it not it's nothing nothing like that what do i want my life to be about i'm thankful i have the opportunity to experience it the way that that god has designed it to be through the power of jesus christ and so i'm i'm sort of backing up a little bit and saying all right are those things all things that I need to be a part of? And if so, let me make sure that they are bringing me life, not dragging me down. You're free to truly love. We looked at that a little bit this morning. This about being being in relationships that are healthy. Well, the Lord set you free to be in great relationships. It it breaks my heart, really does. And and Nancy and I've experienced this both in in my family um, extended and 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 in her family immediate and extended just broken relationships and and some that have happened years and years ago and still never really got healing and just even you know now man it just breaks my heart to see people live in broken relationships when you're a new creation you don't have to live in broken relationships anymore the lord can set you free to truly love people and mend those relationships at least as far as you can and and then also to truly please God because Paul makes it clear that it's all based upon trusting the Lord. And that's the only way to please God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says without faith it's impossible to please God. You're trying to jump through all the hoops and do all the right things, you can't please God unless you just trust him, trust and obey. And and so all that is because you are a new creation. The old is is gone, the new has come and that and freedom and victory have come with the new. Uh, Paul makes it clear here as he rounds out this letter that there's no turning back for him. He's not going to return to some life of bondage, some life of jumping through hoops, of unhealthy relationships, of just trying to, to, to have an outward appearance of godliness but really inside be torn up. He's not going back to all that stuff and so what do you do from here? if there's if if i've done any justice to galatians which hopefully lord willing i have um the the great thing that I'm, i'm thankful for is that it's god's word and that he can do with it a whole lot more than i can do with it and so if i stumble through one here and there then god's still in control and and i trust him believe me as i leave here walk to my office and then walk across the street i'm either yelling at myself or talking to god saying god please just help that make sense to somebody because i didn't make any sense to me but anyway you know i, I if if there's anything you can take from it, you say okay now you know we've, we've looked at the book of galatians now what what do i do now I, I think it's pretty clear go go and 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 do the things that a life without chains enables you to do but go live go go love people go 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 experience God personally just I mean go after him Uh, go go bring freedom to other people how incredible would that be if we had a church full of people that just everywhere they went you know what we're we're full of forgiveness we're just freeing people up from those those that guilt that they may have we're just free of we're, we're full of service we just out there. We just out loving people, serving them however we can. What if we were we were full of just help for anybody who needed it? I tell you, that's one of the things I've been really impressed with with, with the people here in Long Grove. There's a need. We're there to help best we can. We'll figure out how to how to make it happen. We're going to do our best to help. That's well. What if what if that just rubbed off on the people around our church? And we're full of that. What if we just celebrated what God was doing both in our lives and lives of other people? And we were people who, who, when we encountered someone and something was good, we celebrated with them. We didn't say, hey, that's great, and walk away thinking, well, God, why didn't that happen to me? We just genuinely celebrated with them. What if, what if we were just people who enjoyed life? We thrived in life instead of being beaten down all the time. That's the freedom God wants for us. And and I realize that a Sunday night crowd. A lot of times, I feel like that I stand before you and I preach to the choir. A lot of times, and I realize you think, "Yep, got that." Boy, I know somebody should have been here, though. <laughs> you know, got that. I I want you to know, maybe maybe it's for you, maybe it's for somebody else. I just I really believe maybe it's just for me. I don't know, but but I I wonder what what would our church, what would our lives be like? How different will we be if we? if we really experience the freedom God wants us to have, if, if we just loved people, if we just truly lived, if we we said, you know, I'm just going to trust God and obey him, and I, in, in that I'm confident I can please him because of that and that alone. Yeah. If the Lord walked into our church, what would he say? Would he see and say, boy, there's a, there's a group of just free." There's there's nothing about them that's fake. They're not trying to jump through hoops, man. They just love God. They love people, and they're free doing it. They have a good time, and they enjoy each other, and they love on one another. Man, what would he say? Or would he say, "Well, there's some pretty good people there, I guess." But they do a lot of things I'm not sure really matter. Uh, they do a lot of things that may seem like it's good showing, but is it really moving toward God? I, i don't know my prayer is that god would would say you know what boy they're pursuing me with all they are they're coming after me young old and in between they just here they come there's there's something special about a church that'll do that really is you've experienced that i'm i know there have been times i know in the history of this church if you've been here long that there have been there have been people and groups and and just movements where god has done something amazing and and it won't be, trust me, it won't be because I can preach, because the Lord knows I yell at myself walking across the street, you know. So, But it, it'll be because of God doing something in and through us, setting us free. So what do you do? Go live in the freedom that God has given you, free from the penalty of sin, free from the power of sin, free from jumping through hoops, free to live, free to love, and free to please God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for setting us free through the power of Jesus Christ, through his death and his resurrection. Thank you that that he is alive, that we don't worship a dead God, that we we worship a God who is alive, a Savior who rose from the dead. God, I pray that that same resurrection power would be experienced in each of our souls and our minds, our hearts. We'd realize that we're alive because you're alive. That we're free because you conquered death and the grave and you gave us your freedom lord for those who maybe are are experiencing some chains be it through work or retirement or family or whatever it may be god i pray that even tonight before we leave that you'd set us free god help us to live to thrive to love people and, Lord, to walk free with you. Thank you for what you want for us. That it's not just about a bunch of rules and traditions, but you've set us free. Help us to to live in that and to enjoy it. Thank you for each person that's here. What a, what a blessing to be here. God, thank you for placing me here at this time to be around the people here at Elm Grove. Thank you so much for that. God, we, we thank you. As Eddie Clyde prayed earlier, thank you for loving us. Thank you for demonstrating that love and sending Jesus. What a blessing, that we could never earn and we certainly don't deserve. So we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.